This is Dundee, and welcome again to another Tom Takes episode. Today, I decided I wanted to talk about something that we all have in common, and that's anger. And in uh, lieu of the recent activities that took place in the, on Capitol Hill um, in 2021, we kicked off with anger. And we ended 2020 with anger because 2020 was filled with a lot of anger. Anger due to loss, loss of life, loss of income, loss of loved ones, and I mean in terms of relationships, loss of time, lost opportunities. And so we just lived inside of anger the entire year of 2020. And we were so hopeful. We were all hopeful. Could not wait for 2020, 2021 for no other reason that it was no longer 2020. That by itself made us excited. 2020 hits and it hits with the bang. And it we drive that 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 wave for 365 days, give or take one or two, where we kind of thought we were okay at the beginning of the year. And when it hit, it, it made up for those days that we thought were okay. December 31st comes and it was a glorious night for everybody. We were all, for no other reason, wanted to be able to say, I lived through 2020 and we opened our eyes to a new year. We did. We opened our eyes and well, the pandemic was still here. Jobs were still not here. Family members that we lost in 2020 were not here. Some opportunities that we missed out were no longer available. Many of the things that we wanted to do and weren't able to do, uh, looks like we weren't going to steal. We still weren't going to be able to do those anytime soon. But we did decide that we were going to take 2021 by the horns and say, okay, we've got a new president incoming. And lo and behold, last week, oh my God, we witnessed America in my lifetime, in this century, anger, hatred, disrespect, disillusion, unlike I have ever seen in my life. I don't know how I felt, but I know one thing I did not feel was anger. I can honestly say it upset me, if I can use that word. But in this case, it's not synonymous with anger. I wasn't angry. I didn't want to do anything. If anything, I wanted to sit back and watch and see what happens and see if America is the America that I live in, the America that I grew up in. You know, the America where riots, protests, or protest becomes riots, or people use the word riot interchangeably with the word protest when it actually was a protest and it they called it a riot. But I think this one was the other way. They actually called it a protest and they actually did riot. And I wasn't angry, but I watched anger. Have you ever looked at anger? Have you ever seen anger visibly? We've heard it, you know, in the voice and we've kind of seen maybe a person kind of walking and stomping hard with aggression. But I mean, have you seen anger in eyes, meaning in the, the eyes of the people, in their speech? I mean, these people spewed hatred, anger, viciousness, and it was animalistic. They were climbing and destroying and it was unbelievable. And I said, for real, for real, only because of a president situation. What? So after that, I started to think about how I used to handle anger. After seeing it at that level, I just started thinking about, you know, when I'm upset, do I display such a mannerism that allows me to think and feel I can say and do whatever I want to do? And do I hurt those people around me? Even if I don't say anything, 
does my presence hurt them? Here recently, uh, dude and I have had a few conflicts and they were played out in front of Duke, my daughter. Now, mind you, Duke's sperm donor and I never really had major arguments, if you will, but we definitely had anger dispositions. And Duke witnessed it more from afar also because we never argued in front of her. So it wasn't that type of, but our, our mannerisms, our dispositions, and the way we walk, talk, and chew bubblegum. And so here recently while Duke was visiting, uh, dude and I had a few words. They were, it was trivial at best, but we both felt our position passionately. And I realized how it made Duke feel. She didn't say anything, but I saw her mannerisms. And it's funny. She said, um, I, I need you all to work that out. And it was kind of funny because for me, I like, you know, for us, it was nothing. But I thought about it was something for her. She was looking at us and she was remembering maybe feelings that she had when she was a little girl with me and the biological sperm donor, the ex. And so I told her, I went to her and I told her, um, Duke, it, it was trivial at best. It was nothing big. And, you know, and she, that, that calmed her now. That made her feel good. And I told her, I said, because your mom is at a place now where getting angry and behaving in a manner that is one that I'm not proud of, I'm choosing not to do that. Now, I did have a recent blow up at somebody I care about. They kind of got under my skin and I went all in. But it's interesting, while I was in that moment and in that space, I knew this wasn't a relationship that I wanted to sever. So if you will, it was more of a calm chaos, if I can use that word, if you can oxymoron, if I can say that together. It was a, um, a blow up that was maybe the size of a bubble, a bubble gum bubble. Once it popped, it's all over your face and it was over. And I made a conscious decision to do that because I decided within the last two, three years after I turned 50 in 2017 that I wasn't going to allow myself to display anger based solely on something someone else does and or says. Now, let me break that down. What they do, meaning as long as they don't, there's no physical part of where they touch me, me meaning my person. Of course, there's anger that lies in someone physically harming you where there's a physical touch. And, you know, there's hurt and added anger. And then, okay, there's the other anger where someone may touch me, maybe not physically my person, but they destroy my car or steal my purse. Of course, those are emotions of anger that have their place, but it's all about how long I choose to be angry. But I'm talking more about the anger of things that truly you can't control. One of the things you can't control, the voting. If you thought it was fraudulent, okay, let the courts work it out and then it's over. Or, you know, you didn't get the guy you thought or the girl you got thought, excuse me, the girl that you thought or whatever, however, that type of thing. But anything is anything that you can't control. Ultimately, it comes down to that. It comes down to controlling that what you have control over. And that is just yourself. I can only control Dundee. I can only, you can't say anything to me and upset me. Understand what I mean by that. We have triggers. We have 
I call them, you know, the laugh trigger where somebody can say something that's funny and somebody else sitting next to you and did not find this funny. That's because that comment triggered what makes funny in your life. So that made you laugh. Same thing with, with crying. You could watch a movie or read a book and say, really? And somebody else can read and watch that same movie and read that book and cry because their triggered button for crying was generated by that. So I will never say that a person can't make you emotional because that's how we connect. That's how we feel love. That's how we feel pain. You know, that's how we feel uh, any communication that we have amongst ourselves is, you know, we're driven off, driven off of our, 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 the preset buttons that are already in our body. But one that we do have control over in terms of anger and that's levels of anger where we choose to go when that anger button is hitting at that moment. Do we react? Are we now uh, getting the guns? Are we now strapping up? Are we now throwing things? Are we now cursing? Are we now uh, laying on the floor, having a tantrum? Are we going out the door, slamming the door? All of those things we control because the moment that emotion, that anger button is pushed, everything after the pushing of the button is on us. It's not on the other person, regardless to what they said or they did. It becomes ours. And if I'm going to just say if possession is nine tenths of the law, that means we control the reaction. We control it. We have no control over what people are going to say. So if someone calls you out of your name or disrespects you, you don't control that. But the moment the button is pushed, it's like pushing the button. And let's say you push the button and you hold and you take your finger off as once you push your finger off, that activated. Or even as soon as you push, that's the activation. Everything after that belongs to you. Everything. And so I said, you know what? I don't like anger because anger gives you a headache. And I wear glasses and then I've got to take them off. You know, now I can't see. So now that's a whole different situation. You know, anger make you tighten your uh, uh, your teeth and I need all the teeth that I have, you know, now you, you, you're biting your gums and, you know, gritting your teeth, you know, or you're clenching your fingers. And I, now I have arthritis in one finger. So clenching my fingers, that causes pain and I don't need any, uh, any additional pain, you know, or you're stomping out now every once in a while, my knee hurts and now I'm stomping and I didn't add it to my knee pain. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to add any pain to this body that God has already said that I am due. So therefore, you don't get the opportunity to control my pain. My threshold of pain is zero. So since it's zero and the parts of my body that hurt, that I don't control because God has said you've lived to 53 years old and you're going to hurt, you don't get a chance to add to that at all. Under no circumstances do I allow myself any more jumping off, flying off the handle. Because when I was... 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I might even say 50 years ago. I don't know. I don't think how bad I was at three. But I do know 45 uh, years ago to up to maybe 25 years ago, I would have you. You did not get the opportunity to say what you wanted to say to me regardless of the circumstances. And I not come for you. I come for you in the worst way. I was considered, I considered myself a, a, a jugular. You know, you have jugglers. But I was a jugular. I came for your throat. I didn't care who you were, who you thought you were, and who you expected to be tomorrow. Today, you step on my toes, trust and believe. You're going to crawl away from here.
Now, that being said, I didn't start anything. And I didn't, I don't go around, I didn't go for bad. Oh, you started, I'm gonna finish it. I'll put it to you like this. When you started it, you're gonna know that it started. And I'm gonna make it memorable for you to make you decide whether or not you want to start it again. And I've lived that way for what? From age eight to, to 48, if I will, if I'm gonna be honest. I did not care. As I got older, I realized I was only hurting myself because at the end of the day, you still said and did what you wanted to do. So I was like, what? I don't have that kind of energy. I don't have that kind of energy. Now, that doesn't mean I can't hold my own. But I asked myself, are you worth it? Because see, meaning, I know I'm worth not hurting, not having a headache. But are you worth me having those? The answer to that, I think it's no. Uh-uh. How about no? Negative. Nine. It's a uh-uh over here. You are not worth that. So I decided, you know what? Let people be. Let people say anything they want to. I remember telling someone a few years ago and recently, you know, when their children would get out of hand. And I remember going for my, you know, Pump and Duke. There's no way Pump and Duke will do this. Uh-uh. Truth be told, they're human. They can do whatever they want to do. They can say whatever they want to say. The thing about it is there's consequences. Now, so that meant since I could not control the two of them from saying and doing anything, the key word in this control, I could persuade, I could coerce, I could threaten, I could bribe. Those are things that I could do it, to get a result that I want. But one thing I couldn't do is I couldn't control it. I didn't have the physicality, the mentality, the ability, and or the desire to control. I was their parent. All I was there to do was to guide and raise. So since I couldn't do that to the two people that I brought into the world, no one else, no one else. That meant anyone else said anything they want to do. I decided in that moment, mm, shake my head, roll it off and say, keep moving. Now, for a while, when I first started doing that, I always felt like you had defeated me, you know, got over on me. That's so immature. At the end of the day, I don't care. I remember when I was going through my uh, marriage ending. I don't like that D word. Uh, I remember saying, you can feel and think anything you want about me because that's his story. He could say I was the worst wife. I was. He could say I didn't treat him right. I didn't. He can say um, there's nobody else in the world worse than I am. That's true. Those are his truths. I don't have the time to spend the rest of my life trying to convince him that that's not the case because had I been able to convince that I was not the case, then he would still be what? The husband. And since he's not, he's entitled to create whatever story he needs to balance out the life that he needs to live. It's all right with me. It doesn't offend me. I'm at the same point now. If I, somebody say, um, Dondi, did you hear uh, Blaza A and Blaza B were talking about you? Okay. First of all, I didn't hear it, but you did. So since you heard it, now, did you say anything to them? Did you tell them not to talk? Here's what the thing about that is. When you tell them, don't talk about Dondi, they say, okay, you walk away and they pick up where you left, where they left off. So that means I don't control that. I don't care. And even if I heard it, Here's how much control I have over that, other than showing my presence and seeing if they're bold enough to continue the conversation in front of me or they continue the conversation and I dispute it, refute it, or um, rebuke them in it and tell them, I don't have that kind of time. If that's how you see me, that's how you see me. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. If that's what you think, think on. It's okay. Because when I close my eyes for the last time and I take the very last breath, what? What? You'll get my obituary. Next thing I know, you'll be using it to fan yourself and come two, three days later, you might use it um, to kill a fly. And before you know it, I'll be gone. Gone from the mind, gone from this earth, gone from any thought that you've ever had. So I don't have that time. All I want to do is make it matter. 
while it matters. Because when it no longer matters, it doesn't really matter. And I say this as before I get ready to end, I think about anger. And I think about maybe if you try a new way to be angry. That's the first thing is just avoid of hurtful words. You know, if you're angry, especially think about this, something that um, Doom told me when I was uh, dissolving my marriage. She saw me cry for the first time. She was 13. Yes, 13 was the first time she ever saw me cry. And the first thing she said to me was, Mommy, I'm so glad to see you cry. Now, of course, I said, what? My daughter's glad that I'm going through heartache and I'm upset and I'm frustrated and I'm angry and I'm feeling some kind of way, blah, blah, blah. And she says, because now I know you have feelings. What? Did you just say you now know I have feelings? That meant I spent 13 years, and I can account for those because that's how old she was, that I never showed feeling. Hmm. Hmm. That means she never saw but one part of me, anger, and then more anger, and then more anger. She never saw me be normal. We have to really decide how we're going to handle anger. And so when you think about being hurt and how we how that displays, and because my daughter never saw me be anything other than mean and meaner, I had to reevaluate how I did anger. And so the first thing I realized is, A, avoid hurtful words. That means when you're anger, in the middle of that anger, you cannot lash out with, you know, as women... If you're fighting with a guy, one of the first things to go to, of course, you can't really tell a guy I never really loved you. He can say that to you and it hurts us. But if you start talking about his performance, and you know what I mean by that, or if you make any mention to his overall appearance, or you attack those people that he loves, his mom, his, his kids, or, you know, or his ability to be successful, you know those buzzwords. You ain't never, you will never. You always think those things like that, anything that's definitive, um, we need to avoid those. So I guess the other A would be to avoid uh, by itself, just avoid hurting each other. Then I think about in. While you're in it, that means you are a part of it. So is it in necessary to say things that you know if was said to you you would hate that you heard it. Let me repeat that. You're in it. So that means you are a part of it. That's an in it. That's an in. I in. So are you being honest with yourself when you say something that's in, not necessary to a person that you said love or like or work with or whatever, that you would want that to be said to you? Hmm. Then G, oh my goodness. First, of course, if you are a spiritual person, by all means, call on God. Start there. That sometimes kind of helps calm down if you if you allow yourself to be driven by that. But more than anything, get away. Step away. Just get up and go. Say, I'm out. Or walk away. Even if you don't have the words to say, get up and walk away. Remove yourself from the sad situation. Removing yourself from the sad situation sets you up to have a much more mature conversation when you come back. Removing yourself from the situation allows you the ability to allow the emotions that you have to subside, to calm down, to relax, so that the words that you need to say can be said, heard, understood, received, and then the other person can respond, hopefully, with the same things because they had that step away a moment as well. The letter E, expect. Expect that the way you are feeling about the current situation that the other person may not 
You need to expect that. You need to know that without a, a, a shadow of a doubt. You cannot assume that you feel a way about any situation, no matter who the person is, that they feel the way that you feel about it. You need to expect that once I say this or feel this way, this other person is going to bring a different perspective. And once you accept that, I go back to the A, accept it. Expect it and then accept it. Then the last of that anger is realize, the R. Realize that your feelings are just that, your feelings. And that means they are your other R, responsibility. And that means you're the one who controlled the next R, how you respond and or react to the said situation. Once you do all those things, anger will have taken on a different meaning. It won't mean what it has meant up to that point if you practice this. And you practice it with, and I found this to be true. We only truly get angry. Understand how I'm saying this. Truly, truly anger driven by the forces of hurt laced in our emotions by people that we care about. Anybody outside of that that angers us is superficial. Because those are people that you can carry on and never have to see ever again in your life. Which is why what went down in Capitol Hill is asinine. You can't control none of that that took place. We only had one level of power and we exercised that and that was voting. We do have the other power that we can protest. Them two things, all the other stuff, no. Absolutely. So if anger that is, is, sits on top of the foundation of love, on the foundation of caring, on the foundation of, 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 of closeness. Because those are the only people that can anger you. Because anger is only fueled by somebody that's close enough to hurt you. All the other is superficial. Understand what I mean by superficial. You can truly walk away from the lady that called you out of your name. You really can. Going to punch her in the face and back and forth. Now, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, a really, really good tete-a-tete, verbal tete-a-tete can make you feel good in and of itself. But as you get older and as you mature, and maturity to me is not age, you know, numbers on the calendar, as much as it is experiences in the life, as, as much as it is knowing that your heartbeats are getting, or, or the, the number of heartbeats in front of you are less than all the heartbeats you've had behind. So I, I say to you, family, consider how you anger. Not that you anger, because that's a controlled button, an uncontrolled button. It pushed like laughter, like uh, tears. You know, although we can prompt those things and make them happen ourselves, but what do we have to do? We have to think about the something that angers us. We have to think about the something that makes us laugh. We have to think about the something. So that means there's still a force that's another uh, response before that. It's a, it's a catalyst before that that allows us to to be able to cry. And all you think about actors who said they want to cry in a scene, they think about something. So that being said, of course, so that means we, we definitely have triggered. All those emotions are triggered. But let's let's find a new way to be angry. My mom used to say she was vexed. Her spirit was vexed. So I say to you, family, let's, if for no other reason, instead of being angered about stuff and angry at others, let's love ourselves. Let's turn the anger that's outward and bring it inward and bring it love to ourselves. Love ourselves enough to say, I'm going to get out of this situation that this person never makes me angry again. That I'm going to love myself enough to find me a new job so that I don't have to deal with this boss again. I'm going to love myself enough that I'm going to leave this church where these people are negative. I'm going to love myself enough that I'm going to move out of this toxic relationship. I'm going to love myself enough 
that I don't have to be in this position anymore that causes me anger. If something causes you to get to the point of anger where you display a behavior that your child says, I've never seen you do anything other than be that. I'm so glad to see you have another emotion or that you can go to the point where you can trespass on other people's property and destroy and vandalize and disrespect or that you can say things and bring down other people so much to the point that they don't like you because you are angry, then find out what can you do that will be the opposite of that anger and do it for yourself, to yourself, and make it about you. Because the only person that will feel the anger the way that you are displaying it, world talk, is you. Others will be able to walk away from it, but you'll be the one that'll have to harbor that inside of you. No matter how much you yell at another person, the only person that will feel that in the magnitude in which you are displaying it is you. So if you got to do something so great for somebody else to feel it, imagine how much you have to do in order for them to even feel it hmm. because it manifested in you. So I'm just saying. Anyway, family, I've got to go. I've got some place I got to be. I got something that I've got to do. So until the time comes for us to do what it is that we want to do, and you know what that is, that's talk. I am at you.